0: Hello, and thank you for listening to the 1001 Albums Journey. As always, I'm very glad to have you. On this episode, we're going to go take a look at Elvis Presley's 1956 eponymous album. Let's get into it. One, two... So taken from the Wikipedia page for this album, the album, Elvis Presley, which was released in the UK as Elvis Presley Rock and Roll, is the first debut album by American rock singer, you guessed it, Elvis Presley. It was released by RCA Victor on March 13th, 1956. The album spent ten weeks at number one on the Billboard Top Pop Albums Chart in 1956, the first rock and roll album ever to make it to the top of the charts. It was also the first million-dollar selling record of that genre. In 2003, it was ranked number 56 on Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Presley and the genre, rock and roll, were still untested properties for the major labels in the music industry. But this album, along with the number one single, Heartbreak Hotel, proved the selling power of both. It was the first RCA Victor pop album to earn more than one million dollars, and in 1956 it had sold over more than one million units. The cover is ranked number 40 on Rolling Stone's list of the 100 Greatest Album Covers, the photograph of Elvis was taken at the Fort Homer Hesterly Armory in Tampa, Florida, on July 31st, 1955. The design was echoed by the clash for the front of their 1979 album, London Calling. So, that was taken from Wikipedia. And it's interesting to think Elvis Presley, as I know him, with the nickname, the King of Rock and Roll. Now, obviously, putting two and two together, if this was the first... Rock and roll album. No wonder he had such a title. We'll get into what I think about the album in a little while. For now, I'm just going to play a little sample of the album's opener Blue Suede Shoes.
1: So here it is. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready now, go cat, go, but don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but step over my blue suede shoes. Well, you can knock me down, step in my face slander my name all over the place Well, do anything that you want to do But now, honey, lay on them shoes And don't you step on my blue suede shoes Well, you can do anything but take me over my blue suede shoes Let's go, cat! my house, steal my car, drink my liquor from an old fruit jar. Well, do anything that you want to do, honey, lay off my shoes, and don't you step on my blue suede shoes. Well, you can do anything but lay over my blue suede shoes. Rock
0: So this next passage of text that I'm about to read you is taken from the 1001 album's book. It starts off... This is not the holy grail. When heard through 21st century years, long since attuned to the art and technicalities of the album, Elvis Presley's first LP is a frustratingly inconsistent record. The collection was pieced together from several sessions. Seven tracks were cut in early 1956, just prior to the album's March 13th release. But five songs were virtual leftovers from Sam Phillips's Sun Records in 1954 and 55, recorded before RCA Victor bought out his contract. The overwrought vocal on the Sun take of I'll Never Let You Go, Little Darling verges on self-parody. The irony is that Elvis had no public self-image to mock at that point. And here's a curiosity. Though every CD reissue includes Heartbreak Hotel, the original release did not. So just to come in there before I finish, just want to give you my opinion on that. So Elvis had released the, the song Heartbreak Hotel, but frustratingly, it wasn't included on his first album, which may have been an oversight. It would have definitely added something to the album in my opinion. Anyway, let's continue. Yet there is magic here and plenty of it. Certainly, revolutions have sprung from less. The white boy gospel of I'm counting on you, and the jittery rumble through Ray Charles's I got a woman, are an early one to punch. Near the end sits the definitively lonesome version of Blue Moon. But the key cut is the most stunning, trying to get to you, which pitches Presley, halfway between Country Boy and Torch Singer. It is a landmark recording, and for that matter, a landmark cover, believed to have been shot by photographer William V. His nickname Red Robertson, on July 31, 1955, at a concert in Tampa, Florida. It is among the most iconic Elvis shots ever snapped. The Clash agreed, subverting the design for the album sleeve of 1979's London Calling. So looking at the album cover now, a picture of Elvis in full song with an acoustic guitar, singing his heart out in black and white picture with the words, simply, Elvis Presley. In pink down the side and green across the bottom. Very simple cover up, but as mentioned several times already, covered by The Clash for their London Calling album. And I guess it is true to say that this album cover has actually become quite iconic. Before I get into some ratings from this album, I just thought I'd play you another sample of a track. Here's the Ray Charles cover of I Got
1: a Woman. We well, cross town. Town. She's oh, oh, yeah. she a good oh, oh, yeah. she to me. Oh, yeah. She says, Love it early in the morning. Just call me. Oh, yeah. She says, Love it early in the morning. Just
0: So I'm going to read you some reviews for this album from RateMyMusic.com. So this was written in 2007 by a user called Tim Reglar, and he started off with a John Lennon quote that simply says, "Before Elvis, there was nothing." While I don't agree with the above statement, I do understand why Lennon and many others believe this to be true. There certainly wasn't anything like Elvis before or since. The beauty in this debut is that the sensation hadn't hit. So what we get is Elvis on his own terms, as well as on the terms of the great backing musicians, especially Scotty Moore. Elvis is free to explore his excellent vocal range and sing without being so much concerned with what the kids want, but what he wants. The results are not only magical, they are historic, essential rock and roll. And the user has left a five-star review for this album. Now, I think five stars is probably a little too generous for me. Tim made some good points there in his review. Elvis was on his own terms he wasn't trying to appeal to a mass audience. Tim also mentioned it is essential rock and roll. I guess, as already mentioned, being the first rock and roll album does make it pretty essential. The next one is from a user called Alanic JP that simply says the cover is a total Clash rip-off. And I hope they're joking there, I'm sure they are. The next one by a user called The Cunning Stunt. Got that right, thankfully. I've been trying to book tickets on my phone for an Elvis tribute act, but it keeps asking me to press one for the money or two for the show. I see what you did there. However, in truth, Elvis wasn't all that great. I'll never understand the big deal. He didn't write any of his own songs on this album. And when you talk about artistic credibility, he has none. When I was younger, I thought of him as being completely talentless. He doesn't even write his own songs. He's no different from the corporate pop artists that are about today. Even though there's some truth in that, he was somewhat talented. But judging this album on its musical merits, there's very little to like. It just feels so ridiculously tepid to me. It was released in 1956, but it sounds so dated and I don't know why. Because I've heard other albums from the 1950s that still sound fresh and innovative, but Elvis Presley just doesn't have that. I mean, it's an okay album, it definitely has its moments, but it just plugs along and it feels so tepid. Even the big sweeping ballads are the height of mediocrity. He had a decent enough voice, but that was about it. And he had a talent for making the ladies swoon, so credit where credit is due. But as an artist, he was pretty forgettable. As a person and an icon he's one of the most recognizable they've left a three and a half star review for this album so just to give you a few of my thoughts on that review i think it's slightly harsh especially since the the rater has separated elvis presley the person and elvis presley the entertainer now don't get me wrong i'm not saying that elvis's career he didn't have to appeal to a larger audience and therefore was perhaps a little bit corporate but the problem is even though this album isn't great it is almost 70 years old i think it's a little bit harsh but i understand i understand the rating i think 3.5 is there or thereabouts i'd probably give it something similar so there's a few things there that i did agree with a few things that i didn't next review was left a lot more recently in 2021 by a user called logstar100 they gave the album two stars out of five You hear the first song and think, this is a fun, bluesy, rock and roll number. I can get behind this. And then he does that song again 11 more times. Well, that's not entirely true. Elvis has two modes here, up-tempo and ballad. And this album is just iterations of those ideas in varying quality for 12 songs. It's a pretty consistent listening experience, except for Blue Moon. But after the first six, it becomes aggravatingly formulaic. So much so, that I'm deducing a half-star out of spite. And what was I supposed to expect? All the five-star reviews talk about how important this is as a historical document, and not as music to be appreciated on its own merits. And all the negative reviews post this fact out. And there is some merit to considering it as a pioneering album in its own way, but that doesn't make the act of listening to it any more enjoyable. Also, favorite thing about this album is that I'm Counting on You is very transparently a dumbed-down version of But Not For Me. So there's a few interesting things there from Logstar 100. I think it is fair to say that this album has been held up on a pedestal because of its standing in the rock and roll genre. People are using this album as a defining moment in a history of music. And the fact that this album is considered one of the first in the rock and roll genre, does that necessarily mean it's a good album? Or is it just held up to such standards because it was the first of its kind? That's a very interesting point. And to be fair, I don't really have an answer for that. I don't know if an album should be held up more so because of its legendary status. If you've got any thoughts on this, please let me know. I'd love to hear what you think. The last review, again, quite a recent one, was written in 2020 three stars out of five by a user named lambda boyo i was never an elvis fan my family was filled with beatles and i was never exposed to elvis and by the time i was it didn't click with me the spirit of rock is here and the rock covers in my opinion are the best songs the cover of perkins blue suede shoes is in my opinion the best song on the album something i can agree with there the singing is fine but the ballads are some of the best examples of that early rock sound that's kind of hard to re- revisit. There's a reason Elvis is seen as an innovator in rock. He's not a fantastic writer, but it was in performing where he had his foot in the game. He's a fine performer, but I would sooner rather listen to Chuck Berry, Little Richard or Body Holly. I can find very little to come back to aside from The Rockers, which were the absolute standouts of the album. Overall, Not bad, but not good. This album, by the reviews I've read there, sound like it's very dividing. Well, it hasn't aged well. A lot of people are debating whether it should be held up in such a high standard because of its merits and because it was considered the first rock and roll album. A lot of users are saying it didn't age well. I think also that's a fair comment. It is almost 70 years old after all. So next, just before we get into what I think about this album, I thought I'd play you another song. Here's another one of my favourites from the album Tootie Fruity.
1: Wap Babalua, Blah Bamboom, Tootie Fruity, O Rudy, Tootie Fruity, oh Rudy, Tootie Fruity, oh Rudy, Tootie Fruity, oh Rudy, Tootie Fruity, oh Rudy. Wap Babalua, Blah Bamboom, I gotta get, name Sue, she knows just what to do. I gotta get, I'll name Sue, she knows just what to do. She me to the east, she's to the west, she's a gal and I love best. To the fruity, oh Rudy, to fruity, oh Rudy, Tutti-Fruity the Rudy, tutti fruity, oh Rudy, to fruity, oh Rudy, boom, oh oh I got a gal, named daisy, she almost drive me crazy. I got a gal named daisy, she almost drive me crazy. How love me. yes indeed Boy, you don't know what do to me. Oh, oh, oh,
0: So out of the three songs I played you there, Blue Toy Shoes is my favourite. I Got A Woman, also very good, very catchy. Some of you might recognise it, sampled by Kanye West in his song Gold Digger with Jamie Foxx. And of course there's Tootie Fruity, which, let's be honest, is a, is a classic. There is another song, but it is one of my favourites from this album, and it's called Money Honey. I recommend going to check that one out too. So here's what I wrote on my blog post for this album. My aunt is a big fan of Elvis Presley. You would think we might have had conversations about him over the years, but unfortunately we haven't. Elvis was many, many years before my time, but obviously I have heard of the king of rock and roll, and heard all of his classic songs too. I was looking forward to listening to this Elvis album because I had never heard one in full before except maybe in part or parts of a Greatest Hits type album. It starts off well. Blue Suede Choose is one of the few songs I know. Apart from this opening song however, the other songs are a little lost on me. The only other song I would heard of was "Tutti Fruity but I am more familiar with the Little Richard's version. The album had me tapping my foot along with many of the songs but for me, it's kind of lacked the sing-along ability that you'd get with the more familiar Elvis songs. It's an okay album, but perhaps not his best? I don't know about Elvis enough to be able to say. I know the 1001 Albums book has two more Elvis albums, which I will, of course, get around to listening to, eventually, and I hope these leave bigger impressions on me. I will, of course, forgive The King, because this was his debut album, and, as I've read on the Wikipedia page, It was recorded over many sessions from 1954 to 1956, which didn't help and made it feel a little bit pieced together too much. This album was fine. It would be interesting to know what hardcore Elvis fans think of this album. My guess is that even the most hardcore Elvis fan would tell me this album isn't him at his best. This album was Elvis's first. The other two in the 1001 Albums book are his 10th and 15th, so I am sure they will be better as he would have matured as a man and a musician. I'm looking forward to listening to them, because I still know what Elvis is capable of. So I think a lot of what I said there still sticks with me. I started off talking about my aunt, who is an Elvis fan. I was always more into the Beatles, to be honest. We never really clicked musically, which is a shame, but perhaps I should ask her a little bit more about him. Why is she such a fan? Even though this blog post was written a few years ago now, I think it is fair to say that I still agree with the majority of it I think Elvis could do better But again, I was willing to forgive him because this was his first album We'll have to wait and see what I think of all the other Elvis Presley albums listed in this book And whether I think he did mature as a man and a musician The songs I considered my favourite songs from this album, as already touched on Blue Suede Shoes I Got A Woman Tutti Fruity Money Honey I gave this album a 6 out of 10 which I think is fair, just about maybe even one score too generous there. A five would perhaps suffice, but you know what? Five, six, it's there or thereabouts. So I've had a couple of comments on my blog post for this album that I'm just going to read out to you. The first one is from a user called Miller Guru, who says, like you, I had never actually heard a full album of Elvis before. I know many of his songs and have heard best ofs but it was the first time I heard a full album. I'd agree, it probably won't be his best, but one thing i found is that I really love his voice. So I'll basically like everything he sings, there's just something about it. Don't worry Melaguru. you're not the only one. Blue Suede shoes, Tutti Frutti and Money Honey definitely were high points for me too. I Got A Woman didn't make as much of an impression on me, but I really enjoyed One Sided Love Affair. It had me dancing a little in the living room, and one I really, really liked blue moon the instrumental warning i know a grand total of zero things about music sounds like a horse a little and it gives the whole song a tired cowboy kind of vibe which made me very melancholic and i like it i think that's why it made me think of one of my favorite rio bravo scenes the songs aren't quite the same but they give me the same kind of feeling i can't wait to hear more from elvis thanks for your comment millinguru really appreciate it the next comment is from Andrew B who says My wife and her family are all Elvis fans. Not die-hard crazy fans, but admirers of his work. But I've never been able to get into Elvis. After listening to this album, I still don't know what the fuss is about. Maybe it's a case of, you just had to be there, and it would make more sense and have more appeal if I'd been part of the 50s culture. I think that's a fair point, Andrew. This was before my time too, as I've already mentioned. You're right, maybe it was a more you had to be there to really, truly appreciate it. Maybe that's a conversation I need to have with my aunt, who's in her late 70s now. So Elvis would have been one of the biggest stars of her youth. Maybe that's why she's such a fan. And that thereabout rounds up the end of this episode of the 1001 Albums Journey. As always, thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate it. If you would like to get in touch to leave me comments, reviews, opinions, ratings, please get in touch. The next album I'm going to be covering is The Leuven Brothers, the album Tragic Songs of Life. If there's any comments you have about this album, good or bad, again, please get in touch. I'd love to read your comments out on the podcast and share your opinions too. Well, Thank you very much for listening. I'll catch you next time.